You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us on the very first episode of Nostalgia Be Damned. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. And Nostalgia Be Damned, a first episode of hopefully about five million episodes. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, hopefully the network picks us up. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a real pipe dream. Yeah, there's no network. Um, <laughs> Look, we're looking at films from our childhood that we held dear or our generation holds dear. We're 90s kids, and now looking back at some of these movies, now in our mid-20s, you know, the experience, it gets a little different. Basically, we want to trample on your childhood a little bit. We want to look at these films that uh, even we agree that we liked when we were younger, but we want to take a look back and we look at them objectively because I feel like people tend to sort of look at some of these movies through rose-colored glasses, um, and we're just at an age where we're not going to do that anymore. No, I mean, the rage right now is 90s nostalgia, and Mm -hmm. we're going to see some of may hold up and and fingers crossed that they do because i love a lot of these movies yeah and that's you know we're not looking to just like tackle like terrible movies from the 90s and early 2000s we're just we're looking to see do they hold up um and one of the very first episodes and we we think that this is such a good sort of jumping off point and a good example of what this show is going to be we've picked space jam for our our first episode. Absolutely. Inaugural episode yep. of the, the seminal 90s classic, 1996's yep. animated sports comedy, mm-hmm. Space Jam. And, and and it's Space Jam's so funny because I, I, people still talk about the possibility of a Space Jam 2, and is it even worth it? Was the- <laughs> is it worth it? There have been talks that the, this could involve LeBron James. There was, mm-hmm. at times, talks that it could involve Tiger Woods, probably I think Kevin, more. Kevin Durant, who's already yep. been in a movie, I think has been popped up. No. And this is, as, uh, this is as late as last year, them still kicking oh, yeah. around this idea. I still hear rumors about this movie all the time. But before we jump into that, we want to just tell you that uh, you know we're not just like a couple of schmucks at the mic. I mean, we are. Absolutely. But we do have some sort of idea what we're talking about. Brandon, do you want to give a little bit of background of your history, maybe? Well, I went to school for video production, uh, did a couple of short films myself, and I've also one na- or two. now get to review movies uh, for professionally, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and I have done none of that. Um, <laughs> But I, I do have a little bit of acting credit to my name. I, I do think that I know a little bit about what goes into the process of making movies. And right? we're movie fans too, right? You know what exactly. I mean? And I think we love movies. We're not here to just shit on movies. So, mm-hmm. but but we do want to take this seriously and and, and uh, kind of poke some shots at some '90s classics. Exactly. Again, talking about movies made between 1995 and 2005, primarily is what we're going to be doing here on this podcast. Which, by the way, if you're listening and you have a movie that you'd like us to tackle or you think might be a good one for this show feel free to message either brandon and or myself and uh we'll we'll add it to our list we have a growing list right now i'm really excited yeah no exactly and some of these movies are going to be movies that we loved as kids some of them i'm actually excited to see a few of these 90s to early 2000s movies that mm-hmm. i've never seen before missed the boat entirely and then to look at them with completely fresh eyes i think yeah. could be a cool uh vantage point i guess to, yeah to there's a movie there's definitely a couple movies there there's a couple movies that maybe you haven't seen since you were younger um space jam when we talk talk about space jam i've seen space jam a, a lot it was a lot of fun when we watched it the other day and kind of looked at it a little bit more objectively so why don't we just get started and jump into it do you remember seeing space jam when you were younger i remember owning the clamshell vhs case uh, yes. i remember those things i do too actually. it was also strange about it i remember as a kid uh, above the title it said 
Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. Yep. A fictional character was actually headlining a film. Yeah, not the voice actor. <laughs> Very strange. It, Bugs Bunny. I, I don't think they've done that since. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe in another... I, I don't know. But I do remember watching it at Space Jam several times. It was definitely mm-hmm. a one that I watched with, with buddies because it was one that your dad suffered through if it was on because, you know, sports, mm-hmm. you know, so it's one that he's at least going to stomach. You know, it was funny because I remember seeing this movie with my mom and I remember walking out of the theater and even at a young age thinking, wow, that movie was really short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is weird as a kid to have that such a short attention span. Yeah. To be like, that's a short movie. But yeah, I didn't get the chance to see this in theaters. This is one of those blockbuster rentals that you rented. Yeah. Remember when you used to go to blockbuster rental and you'd rent the same movie like three or four times? I, I, I got to tell you, there was always... I own Space Jam, so I didn't end up renting Space Jam, but I saw it all the time. But I do remember going to Blockbuster, just getting, oh God, what? Just I remember getting the Gargoyles movie like over and over again. <laughs> you proud of that? No, <laughs> not at all. I don't even remember the Gargoyles, dude. Like, I I owned the VHS tape eventually, then went to the DVD. Now upgraded to the Blu-ray. That's right. However, I haven't watched the Blu-ray in a couple years, so so watching it with this fresh pair of eyes, you know, for this show was kind of eye opening. I will say we've, we've taken down some notes about the history of space jam. Um, what you said, you wrote down, uh, the ratings. Do you want to, do you want to talk about that now or later? I was going to say, so we'll have a more structured approach to this coming up in, in upcoming episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for our first couple, we're just getting our legs. So we're we'll be able to skin our sea legs. Dude, it's just getting wet. We're getting the tip just wet getting... with this episode and we're just getting started. So let's, let's break down, this movie, directed by Joe Pitka. Joe Pitka went on to do absolutely nothing. I was going to say, career. who is that? <laughs> no, I've never heard of He's that done, like, I think, a few music videos. The, the big name attached to this movie was Ivan Reitman. Now, Ivan Reitman was uh, a huge director back in the 1980s, brought us some of the best comedies, especially with, with uh, Bill Murray. We got Stripes. He did Ghostbusters. Wow. Uh, then we had Twins, Kindergarten Cop, uh, Junior. Do you remember the movie Evolution that came out in 2001? That's a possible stay tuned with David Duchovny and Orlando Jones. It was about like aliens coming to Earth. Anyway. Oh, yes. yes, I do remember that That's an early 2000s movie. That could be a stay tuned. Uh, (laughs) Then he went on to do My Super Ex-Girlfriend, No Strings Attached, and Draft Day 3. Pretty terrible. Really bad movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he produced this. I I mention that because if you remember the film, if you've seen Space Jam as much as we have, you might remember a little part towards the end of the movie where uh, Daffy asks Bill Murray, exactly how did you get here? (laughs) To which Bill Murray responds, literally, the producer is a friend of mine, uh, referring to producer Ivan Reitman. And that's pretty much breaking the fourth wall. And not only breaking the fourth wall, but also just explaining how lazy the filmmakers were. I like that. It's a catchy joke. It's pretty good. This was, and we'll discuss this towards the end, but the thing that jumped out to us when we saw this was laziness. So lazy. It's The laziest film. But, so, let's break it down. It celebrated its 20th anniversary last year, 1996. Yep. Cost $80 million to make. How much do you think it made domestically? I didn't know it took $80 million to make. I mean... And that's I, 96 money. I'd got to th- say at least 50 of that went to Michael Jordan alone. Oh, at the time, probably. Yeah, um, but uh, how much did it make domestically? $100 million? Almost. So it pulled over $90 million, grossed okay. over $230 million worldwide. So this was considered yeah. a pretty big box office hit. What's interesting is it's actually the highest grossing basketball film of all time. And it's the third highest grossing sports film befi- behind Rocky IV <laughs> And the blind side. <laughs> like, what does that say about American I mean, just culture? I think about this, some of the sports movies that you've ever seen. Your yes. favorite movies. I And something that come to mind are like Bull Durham, Field of Dreams. And like, there's even better basketball, basketball movies. Basketball, like Hoosiers, Hoosiers rebound with Martin Lawrence. Do you yeah, remember that? Glory <laughs> <Road>. <laughs> Coach Carter. Coach Carter. Dude. I, 
How is Remember the Titans not a better sport? Dude, it doesn't that's, matter. Anyway. It's mind-boggling. The soundtrack, though. Okay, this is what was I pretty big back then. Love. I had the soundtrack on CD. Yeah. Okay, I listened to it on my little portable CD player. I had yeah. The soundtrack sold enough albums to be certified platinum six times. That's mind-boggling. They don't make movie soundtracks like that anymore. You no, know what I mean? You really, you really don't. And not unless it's like a musical or something. <laughs> that's crazy. Now, the soundtrack's actually going to kick us off uh, mm-hmm. into pretty much the basic plot of this film but before we get into that i do want to just mention this holds a 6.3 on imdb not too bad that's anything right. above a five in my opinion is is watchable ish depending yeah. on i mean you know who's who's actually yeah, voting for these things yeah that's true holds a 37 percent on rotten tomatoes so now, we'll, we'll evaluate those scores after I we're was done here say, now i've i generally i use rotten tomatoes as my authority yep. um and that's a bad score that's yeah, not- that is not a good score that is not a good score <laughs> uh so let's let's just kick it off man let's start off yep. where it's it's 1973 mm-hmm. on a hot summer's night little michael jordan He's uh, <laughs> playing basketball. His dad comes out, and we get the first of many songs, R. Kelly's I Believe I Can I Fly. I Believe I Can Fly. And I think you uh, you hear that at least six times throughout the movie. <laughs> In think... an 82-minute movie or something like that. <laughs> I, yeah, it's shocking. You hear it a lot. Just to let you guys know, sort of get an idea of what Brandon and I are looking at right now, um, we just have a list of notes that we took. Brandon's is very long and extensive. He typed it out. Mine's chicken scratch. I, I wrote it weeks ago, and it makes no sense to me. So we're just going to stumble through some of these notes. But the first one that I had on my note list was, is this Michael Jordan's kid? <laughs> oh, his real kid? <clears throat> it, it wasn't. I, I it was not. It no. <clears throat> oh, God. Brandon's so sick, you guys. I told you guys. I'm so sorry. My, my voice will sound better in future episodes, fingers crossed. People are going to get there and be like, I'm, this asshole hasn't changed. I'm only getting worse from here. Because <laughs> we're also drinking a few beers, uh, letting it all go down smoothly. So if this gets a little raunchy, a little un-PC later on. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we apologize. But yeah, so little Mikey, he's playing basketball. And he essentially lays out the entire movie. He's talking to his dad about how he wants to go pro mm-hmm. in basketball and in baseball. And his dad's just like, oh, Michael, just keep throwing them baskets. Uh, I also, just a little sports nugget, uh, I put down... because. The whole point of that first episode or that first scene is that uh, MJ is just continuously hitting shots. Uh, Michael Jordan got cut from varsity when he was younger or when he was older than that. So I don't think he's that good already. So this already is an interesting movie to pick because it's a little sports based. Zach here actually has an extensive knowledge of sports history and whatnot. So he'll be able to provide a little color color where I have absolutely no knowledge. So it's good. A little it rounds us out a bit. This is a good first. Uh, movie to pick for our first episode, but um. So Mikey's dad jokingly asks next, you know, uh, you know, you you think you're gonna fly? Would you wish you could fly? He returns for one last basket, and then we are slammed into this opening sequence, which out of an 88 to 82 minute movie is 10 minutes long. This is a child's it's crazy. film. It's an entire, at least like it's like 10 minutes long of just basketball footage and and title. The song in it is fantastic. We talked about the soundtrack being great. It's so good. If I wasn't such a big sports fan, because I really enjoy watching Michael Jordan highlights and watching him run up and down the court while credit names flash in front of my face. Yep. But I could see as in a, a, a person who doesn't really have an interest in sports and just wants to come see a funny movie getting really bored. Oh, really bored and pissed <laughs> off. All you got to hear is, everybody get up. It's time to slam now. Yeah, but I, I love it. Honestly, it's a great song. It would pump yeah. me up. I could be you know, this, filing taxes and that song's going to fuck. I me. see. And this is, I think some of the genius of making this movie where it really, you just get hyped up to get into this movie because of this, like just 
five minute Michael Jordan highlight reel with this crazy music behind it. Yeah, all of the sports finesse and anything that's related to basketball ends there because mm-hmm. that's when the logic goes out of the movie. Whatever little logic was held held <laughs> yeah. on by this the shoestring of this this title <laughs> sequence, which by the way, as I mentioned earlier, Bugs Bunny is credited second in this film. Yes. No no other Looney Tunes character gets a name. It's literally no. Michael Jordan and Bugs, Bugs Bunny. Bunny and then Wayne Knight. Like what's Wayne happening? Knight. And I also want to point out too um Charles Barkley, uh famous basketball player, got top billed in this movie, uh had maybe three lines. Oh, he's he's in like the early parts of this credit. Yeah, he's, uh, he's one, Yeah, Charles Barkley that that was one of the things that I wrote down that popped up because Charles Barkley, I think, says maybe like three words because Charles Barkley in general, and hopefully he never hears this, but Charles Barkley in general can't talk. <laughs> Charles Barkley is insufferable to listen to <laughs> in this film. It's, uh, it's so hard to get bad. to. He's so bad, but he but luckily he only has like three lines in the entire movie. Absolutely, I still want to hug him at the end of the day. Well, yeah, but it just makes you confused as to why like he got in the opening credits. This movie was such a cash grab for the NBA. Oh yeah, it was ridiculous. But I mean, good for them and. I can see why they would maybe want to do it again because, you know, you get LeBron James involved and then you can also get all these other basketball players involved and it's going to be, it's going to, everyone's going to make so much money if they do this. Yeah, this is the biggest difference between a Space Jam now and a Space Jam then is that LeBron James has shown that he actually can carry a scene. He can act or at least deliver lines in a way that does not seem that he's reading them off a cue card that's off screen. Michael Jordan, we have to talk about this. Michael Jordan is terrible. The worst actor ever. (laughs) And I I looked up some reviews for this, and Roger Ebert and a few other well-known critics praised his performance, saying that he was so charismatic. And and he is. It's it's hard to just lose that, like, you know, that kind of larger-than-life persona that he has. I'll I'll give it to him, considering uh, that Michael Jordan was really not a nice guy. Michael Jordan's known for punching, like, three teammates as a player. (laughs) Uh, He was really not that nice of a guy. And just the fact that you really didn't want to, like, hit him in this movie, I think, is a charisma win for him. Oh, by far. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I, I think our standards, especially now, even for if you're going to be top build in a movie, I think our standards now for a big Hollywood movie like this are much higher than it would have been back when Space Jam came out. And this was clearly for kids. Kids didn't care that Michael Jordan was going to be a bad actor, so no one else cared. And what SAG got to say about this, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, So we're, we're then, uh, we jump forward, uh, Jordan is announcing he's leaving basketball for baseball. There is some very strange like historical accuracies to Space Jam. Like uh, the minor league baseball team that he plays on is the is the actual minor league team that he played on. That this is also a movie of its time. So this feels so 90s. The movie's made in this weird little sweet spot of filmmaking. Yeah. They're very much of their time, and they don't try to, like, stray from it. They're, they're good little time capsules, I guess. So this is where we're also introduced to Wayne Knight, who plays uh, Michael Jordan's bumbling assistant, Stan oh, Pod- Podolak? Yeah, something. It doesn't matter. He's pretty much there to, like, make the transition easier, I guess, for, for Jordan. But this is... Makes no sense. No, makes no sense. It, much like the next scene, which we're just transported from... Earth to animated outer space. Moron Mountain. Moron Mountain. This is where we're introduced to Danny DeVito's character. Do you happen to know this character's name? I don't know if it's mentioned anywhere, but I looked up on the Wikipedia page and all these characters have names. His name apparently is uh, Mr. Swackhammer. Oh, actually, I didn't know they that. They do? Yeah. Okay, they may they have said that, that before. That anyway, he's the proprietor yeah. of the intergalactic theme park known as Moron Mountain. Mm-hmm. They're looking for new attractions to bring more customers in. And, okay, do these guys have names? The little group of alien, tiny little assholes. 
The no. nerd luckers is what they're called. What? So apparently they never say that. No, they never say that, right? The nerd lucks. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that's that's what those little minions. I didn't know are that. Yeah. I didn't either. I did not either. No. Anyway, when we're first off, when we're introduced to this character, these creatures are licking his feet. There's gross green slime running from his mouth. Mm-hmm. He's a disgusting character. Disgusting. He's smoking a cigar, and this is <laughs> this is how. This is how sloppily put together the, the the shoestring plot is. He accidentally hits the remote to and, turn on Looney Tunes. And and it's not just like an episode of Looney Tunes. It's every <laughs> it's single like 80 episode screens of, of, Looney of, Tunes. of Looney Tunes. And he just accidentally sits on it. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> plot device. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so then he pretty much, you know, orders his minions to go to Earth to find the Looney Tunes, to bring them back to Moron Mountain to serve as, I guess... Weird attractions for alien people? Yeah, I guess, I don't know, maybe just like in a Warner Brothers way, they want them to become, like, mascots for their theme park. I I, I have no idea. It's so vague, and it's just like, no, the Looney Tunes are funny, bring them here to be entertaining. Yeah. Like, and speaking, that's plot. Speaking of vague, we're then introduced to uh, dimension-shifting logic here, okay, because apparently, <laughs> Looney Tunes are buried at the center of the Earth in some sort yeah. of weird two-dimensional time well, well, and I do want to, before we, we jump into that really quick, I did have this one note that I thought was kind of funny. Uh, to get to where the Looney Tunes are, they fly their spaceship to Earth, and they fly it over a baseball game that Michael Jordan's playing in. So it's a very highly publicized baseball game. And then it, like, grounds into the into the pavement in a parking lot. Everybody's cool with it. You don't hear a single word about it. There's no sense of public panic. And and this is what made me laugh. There's no sense of public panic whatsoever until a couple of basketball players start playing badly. Then the whole, then they shut down the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) It makes no sense. (laughs) They're honestly, their priorities, they're out of whack in this world. Crazy. It's funny because like, I think it just flies over the baseball game and Michael Jordan just goes, what was that? (laughs) <laughs> that's that's it. <laughs> so then we're following this this aircraft, I guess, as it plummets through the ground into Looney Tunes world. Uh, we fly through that Warner Brothers logo, which, by the way, do you remember the Warner Brothers logo that kicked off the movie with Bugs Bunny there? You remember those? Yeah. They kicked it like in, in 90s, like home entertainment. I miss those. That was just a oh. <laughs> dude when he chomps the, the, the no, old like, carrot. They don't make those anymore. Good point. I mean? Good take. Good hot take. Thanks, dude. You're welcome, dude. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we're, we're now in this dimension. This is what's strange to me. Mm-hmm. They all know who Looney Tunes are. Because they're talking about them, yet they don't know who Bugs Bunny is, or as he's talking to him, that he is Bugs Bunny, and they're doing this whole stupid run around where, like, does he top around like this? Does he eat a carrot like this? Oh, yeah, very classic, like, Looney Tunes sort of sketch, and they just kind of, like, deal with it. And that's the thing, is, like, these Looney Tunes characters do not feel like Looney Tunes characters. I'm not sure if you were a fan of the show. I used to watch a bunch as a kid. Like, I I wasn't a religious, you know, I I, I don't know the entire... That's that's roughly where I I was, you know, it just like not really genuine. Yeah, it's I mean, if you compare it to anything nowadays, it's almost like I guess Michael Bay's version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or like mm-hmm. the Transformers. It's very of the of of today's Someone saw Transformers the God other day. God damn it, dude. If this was a different if this was, <laughs> this a, was different a different podcast, <laughs> we could get into that show. shit cuz wow. <laughs> anyway, they just don't feel quite like the the Looney Tunes characters. So, I don't know. The aliens fall for this Looney Tunes trick, a very Looney Tunes antics where they're like, "Well, you got to give us a chance to defend ourselves." So they challenge into a basketball game thinking that they're sh- they're shorts so they'll be easy to play basketball. They've never played basketball before. Yep. 
Yep. Uh, meanwhile, by the way, also uh, Michael Jordan's kids are watching the Looney Tunes, and the Looney Tunes get called to a union meeting, and then they just walk off the screen, and it's just stuck on this freeze frame of the Looney Tunes. And again, no one panics. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> again, yeah, we jumped ahead just a bit. Hit, so I wanted to go actually go back to this. Oh, okay. Because yeah, sure. <laughs> this raises so many questions about: Do they shoot Looney Tunes live? Is it a live <laughs> show that you can just come and go as you please? <laughs> There's so many questions that this raises about just the the existence of Looney Tunes in what world? What's happening? The fact that the Looney Tunes are unionized, I find strange. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Who's cutting those checks, man? Do you know how many times they've shot each other? (laughs) You're going to tell me that they band together in solidarity on occasion? I don't buy it. Um, What's also funny is at some point, uh, they also turn the channel or something, and one of the shows is just shit-talking Michael. They're, like, destroying him. It's it's Jim Rome, um, who's a very famous uh, sports personality, and I thought that was, again, this is... Strange accuracies in this movie because that's exactly how Jim Rome is. One last little moment before we move on from this scene is when they first arrive to the house. uh, It's Michael's house. He's driving with Stan Wayne Knight. They get out of the car, and first of all, they're talking about how Michael's son sucks at baseball because he did a really <laughs> shitty performance. But what's crazier than that is the character that we are later revealed to be the nanny. We didn't know if it was the nanny no or idea. the mom. I always thought it was Michael Jordan's mom for uh, until we watched it. Someone like, asks her. 26, <laughs> I mean, obviously not 26 years. but 20 like, years ago. 20 years I've been watching Space Jam, had no idea who this character was. <laughs> thought it was the mom turns out to be a nanny if someone oh asked this nanny what you cooking and she replies in the most stereotypically race, racist way possible chicken and collard greens but in such an outlandishly outdated way it's really it's bad. really bizarre it's, it's really bizarre it is just out of nowhere it, it served no purpose to the movie whatsoever you could have just skipped over it so we've talked about now that uh the Looney Tunes and the little aliens have agreed to a basketball game. So to get better at basketball, the aliens come up with this very strange uh, idea to steal talent from NBA players. It comes out of nowhere. You have no idea what they're doing. But it picks up at a a New York Knicks game. And Deborah from Everybody Loves Red. Deborah, Deborah. Um, I can't remember the actress's name, but... In a moment that, again, I just never picked up until I was older, um, she's sitting She's sitting watching the game. She's not having fun because she hates sports or something. And the aliens come up in this trench coat and hat. And she, like, looks over and, like, you can see, like, the alien hands, like, poking out of the coat. And she turns over to whoever she's sitting next to. And she goes, there's a man doing something very strange in his trench coat. It's a masturbation joke. Dude, it's a, it's a it's masturbation a joke. jerk off trench coat. It's like, I, and again, just not something I picked up on, but like a little like, hey, parents, you still with us? Like, yep. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then they all collapse into some weird pink goo and start shooting across the baseball, the basketball court. I don't know why baseball's in my head. Oh, of course, because it's in Michael's. Because Michael's Jordan played, played baseball. God damn it. He's one of the greatest baseball players that That's debatable. ever played. <laughs> that is debatable. It's anyway, true. You see this pink goo shoot across the goddamn court, and it starts going into all these these players like nostrils, mm-hmm. which again it 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 changes from like a goo to some sort of vapor. We're not talking physics again; it's cartoon. It's cartoon Very logic, weird, so I'm yeah. not even going to get into it. But the way that they're attacked, just watching these ba- basketball players try to emote 
this is yeah. is hard to watch. Like they're trying to act as if something's <laughs> taken over their body, and it's, it's it's laughable. It's funny because watching these players try to act bad at basketball is worse than if they were actually bad at basketball. They like because they're so good, they can't like think of the logic of just like I don't know how to play basketball anymore, and it's so clumsy and goofy. that's the thing. No, they they go so far above. It's like they have some sort of learning disability when they're playing basketball. It makes no sense. They it's go so from goofy. from like, pro basketball players and they don't know how to walk. They're having trouble like moving down the court. <laughs> it's so goofy. It makes no sense. So uh, you know uh, they go around the league and they're stealing talent quote unquote from the nba players and it cuts to the news to the news saying like oh there's a weird sickness going through the nba and this is when finally the media is starting to take note that something's wrong forget that the looney tunes went off air out of nowhere and forget that a mothership just flew over uh georgia um, <laughs> but i think that's where it was i don't, I don't know did they blame it on germs yeah, they blame it on germs. They, they the players say like I don't know something's in the locker room, which I guess makes sense. But then they make them like wear masks or something. I don't know. It's it's, <laughs> it's, so it's bizarre. ridiculous. So they they make the decision to close the NBA. I think that's actually a little later in the movie. But uh, one of the notes that I did put down. So Michael Jordan's watching this all unfold before he goes out to play golf. He's eating McDonald's. He's eating McDonald's, and uh, Wayne Knight comes in. And says, all right, Michael, time to go to the golf course. Uh, put on your shoes, get your clubs, and we'll stop and get a Big Mac on the way. And I'm like, he says Nikes. Yeah, get your Nikes, get your eat Nikes, your Wheaties or something. Your like Nikes, that. eat your Wheaties, yeah. get your clubs, and we'll stop for a Big Mac on the way. That's three advertise or four advertisements, and two of them are for McDonald's. Because he's already eating McDonald's, and he says, hey, we'll grab more McDonald's on the way. It's crazy. No, they play it off for a joke, which is ballsy, but also, why would you do that? You know, they can play it off as a joke all they want, but you know who paid them for that. Absolutely. What's weird? All those companies. The concept for this movie originated from a series of highly popular Nike ads, okay, where Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan faced off against Marvin the Martian and his alien henchmen in basketball. So I don't know. That. I guess it starts. I do these, remember these, these, these commercials like that, but I didn't realize. I thought, for some reason, I thought those commercials were a product of Space Jam, but that would make sense. Yeah. Um, so Is he still doing Hanes? I'm not really up to date on my Michael Jordan trivia as of today, other than he owns an NBA team and it's not the Chicago Bulls. Are you wearing Hanes? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so we cut to them golfing. Okay, now we're introduced to Larry Bird and Bill Murray, both playing themselves. I guess both best friends of Michael Jordan. They're on this green, and uh, they're just shooting the shit, having the time of their life playing golf. Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> just again, like, I think this is when they're playing golf. A, a note that I took, it just says NBA players, worst actors, because <laughs> Michael Jordan's really bad in this scene. And it's so glaringly obvious in this scene, too, because it's Michael Jordan and Larry Bird. And Larry Bird is not much better an actor than Michael Jordan is probably worse, actually. And they're standing next to Bill Murray, who's just like, yes, he's mailing it in. And yes, he's j clearly just there for the paycheck. But he's without even trying acting circles around MJ and Larry Bird. He and is, it is it's so glaring how bad yeah, they are. He's effortlessly charming. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, one of them uh, was it. Michael Jordan gets the whole the hole in one because yeah, Michael Jordan hits a hole in one. Well, because Bugs Bunny manipulates somehow. There's I don't know metal in the ball that he uses a magnet. It, to it's Looney Tune logic. Anyway, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But but Michael on. Jordan gets sucked down a golf hole in 
broad daylight in front of these three grown men. There's no disputing it. They watch it happen. He gets sucked down in such a strange cartoonist way, like Santa Claus getting sucked down a chimney. And they just stand there for a moment. They stand there for a moment, and Bill Murray, like, throws away the camera because he thinks the camera, like, made Michael Jordan disappear. (laughs) Yeah, like the flash. It's actually 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 pretty pretty funny. funny. Um, But... But the best part of that is, like, very shortly after, Larry Bird and Bill Murray play on. They're like, <laughs> no, they they're do. like oh, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> they just keep playing. <laughs> this movie is so irresponsible with weird things happening. It Meanwhile, no Stan Podolak starts digging this goddamn crater that gets larger for the next few minutes. Yeah, there's no way a man Wayne Knight's size is digging <laughs> a hole that big in just a few hours, but that's we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, what bit. are you doing? Fixing a divot? He's fixing a divot! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, okay. Michael Jordan gets sucked down, um, and and the Looney Tunes are just doing, like, ridiculous, you know, they're, yeah, like, over the top. A goddamn barrage. To just, like, show, like, hey, insanity. we're crazy! <clears throat> um, and the whole time, I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, Michael Jordan's literally doing nothing. They are just filming Michael Jordan in front of a green screen. Yeah. He's not making faces. He's not, like, reacting. They paid Michael Jordan probably millions up on millions of dollars to sit in front of a green screen for a day. So he's recruited by the Looney Tunes to play this basketball game because now they realize that these little monsters are now the Monstars and they're gigantic oh, yeah, we alien. Did. Yeah, we missed that. We skipped part. over that. <clears throat> we're again. This is going to be more structured. Eventually, <laughs> it is the first one. We're just a little excited to just trash talk space. Jam. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but they become giant, roided out. Space Jam monsters. Their hands, they're holding the basketball. Picture them so large that they're holding the basketball like it's a golf ball. Now there's like a huge challenge. This is the whole reason why they ended up going to get Michael Jordan to play. I I feel like we skipped over a huge plot point, (laughs) but it's okay. We're back to it. It's all good. Uh, This is basically where Bugs Bunny grabs Michael Jordan, and it's the trailer line pretty much where he yells, We need your help! Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got it. Michael Jordan agrees to help but first before he can do anything he's still in his golf attire and what follows is maybe the most pointless 10 minutes in movie history when he asks daffy duck and bugs bunny to go get his basketball shorts and shoes why michael jordan can't go get his shoes i don't know but two things happen before he sends them off that I just want to touch on real quick oh yeah sure one part is where they scrunch him into a, a disgusting CGI ball. Oh yeah, I think and I they bounce him around the room. It's disgusting and really unsettling to watch a grown man get <laughs> crunched into this weird little ball, <laughs> and his face <laughs> is like, oh, his eyes are moving and stuff. Yeah. It's Before so that weird. though, Daffy Duck has some line where he says, "Property of Warner Brothers." He lifts his own ass up, and on and there is the it. Warner Brothers logo, and he. His duck goes three inches in, dude. He smooches his own ass with this Warner Brothers logo. It's like the most ridiculous thing, dude. So gross. Anyway, yeah, no, you're right. The the most useless ten minutes in cinema. Oh, it's so pointless. It makes no sense. Like they, it's literally them, like just 
and and I can't even imagine filming this because it's literally just shots of like this house, and then they CGI Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny in there, and it's just it makes no sense. Dude, um, they finished the movie; it was seventy seven minutes long, and they were like, "We got to film something to get well, that's, this." That's that's what we said length. when we were watching it. We're like, "This was clearly like, oh, dude, like we need another like fifteen minutes." <laughs> like it's ridiculous. It's them searching for his shoes and his and his shorts. His right? shorts, yeah. And um and like they run into the family's dog, which is like this non threatening uh bulldog, and the kids run in <laughs> to save Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny. And the kids are so like, like all right, I try not to rail on kid actors too much, but like my god in heaven. Like I and again, I I thought that maybe those were MJ's real kids. They were not. They do use his kids names though they do use his yep. kids names um but they were not his actual kids and and the whole time i'm thinking knowing that i'm like wait why wouldn't you hire better actors yeah like, yeah and 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 hearing the budget on this movie it blows my mind even more because they spent 80 million dollars on this movie i'm telling you like 50 million must have gone to michael jordan and another 10 must have gone to bill murray (laughs) that's all i can think um because the whole thing's it's a cartoon it's scripted and it's michael jordan just in front of a green screen and then these terrible side characters wayne knight probably also got a million too (laughs) yeah newman's gotta get some some newman's gotta get a little money he was in jurassic park (laughs) (laughs) better movie better Better movie better movie maybe we'll cover it who knows uh yeah again so we we then go back down to the where the Toon Squad's being created here, and we're introduced to arguably one of the most confusing cartoon characters I've ever encountered. And I gotta say, I didn't really pick up on this until I was older, but Lola Bunny. <laughs> Lola Bunny, dude. And and for those of you who don't know who Lola Bunny is, Lola Bunny is pretty much Bugs Bunny's female counterpart, um, and has since they sell a lot of lola bunny toys a lot of really? lola, yeah they do uh, my sisters um had lola bunny toys wow and it is the most sexualized like whoa you're putting this in a kid's it's like this bunny who comes in wearing like short shorts and a, like a cut off top her voice is her voice so is... weirdly sensually charged i can't tell who lola bunny was supposed to be for because I, and I, you know, apparently it was supposed to be for girls, like, so girls would have, like, a relatable character in Space Jam, but, like, that's what you chose? Like, it's this bunny who's, like, I don't know, just, it, like, it makes making, like, sense. sexual gestures towards yeah. Bugs Bunny, and, like, she was a good basketball player, that was good, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. It's not something I recall as a child watching, because I wonder if this gave me, did this give me weird feelings as a kid? Like, what what was going through my head, young Brandon's head? I wonder. It's one of those things where we let so many things in the 90s, like gratuitous violence and sex go. Yeah. Like, in terms of cartoons. Like, you watch some of the cartoons that you saw growing up. Now, they're extremely violent. And And this must have just been one of those things where it was, like, probably better judgment would have been made if Space Jam was made now, but who knows? Don't don't ever call me doll. Bugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bugs Bunny like can't is stumbling over. He's his got words. a heart on the yeah. entire time. Gotta, and again, it's Lola Bunny. I don't understand. I don't it's get just it. Really bizarre. It's a really confusing character. So what follows? I think either right before or after that. So Michael Jordan now has his basketball clothes, and it's literally a um. 
Again, this is the second time. Oh yeah, no, this is the first time we get this one. First time you hear that one, but it's it's literally, and this goes back to some sort of the opening credits. It's Michael Jordan just working out. Yep. Like if you look at this as just what it is. They literally were like, all right, Michael, this is the scene where you're going to dunk a few times. And, like, Michael Jordan just starts working out in front of a green screen. Yeah, and he, and he seems like he's the most comfortable. And this is why they should make a Space Jam too, by the way, because it's so easy to make. Like, okay, LeBron, <laughs> go work out yeah. for, like, ten minutes while we get some while we set up the cameras. Like, like, LeBron's just getting ready for next season working out, and they film Space Jam while they're doing it. So what I will uh, give this movie is that it gets right to the point for the most part. I think it's about 30 minutes in before we're in the final I mean, game, it doesn't really have game. a choice. It's like a 60-minute movie. That's true. Very true. <laughs> um, but they do get to the game fairly quickly, so yeah. there's not really a lot of backstory or setup for it, which I guess is understandable because it's a goddamn Looney Tunes movie. But right. we're in the big game already. Oh, one other <laughs> thing, and I just have to bring this up. I know we're backtracking a lot, but... Um, when the when the kids are like getting explained to them that their dad's playing in a basketball game, one of the kids delivers the worst line ever. Just, all right, all right, <laughs> yeah, all, all right. right, all right. Moving on. Just all wanted right. to, just wanted to throw that one in there. That was a good one. So uh, we're now at the game, and the game again. Great music to just like start it, start it off. Oh yeah, no, it's great because they also have this introduction scene where they introduce like five of the characters. Yeah, they 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 introduce the starting five, and it's Michael Jordan, it's Bugs Bunny, Lola Bunny, Taz, Tasmanian Devil, Devil and Daffy Duck. Um, it it gets you pumped up, like it feels like you're watching a sporting event. It, you know, I'm just like I'm excited for this game to start. Felt that as a kid. I felt it as a 26 year old man. <laughs> but then, unfortunately, the game that starts, <laughs> and then the game starts. And it, it is the most bizarre, and I will say downright dangerous game of basketball uh, ever you know put what? to film. And you're gonna have to give me a second account, but I tallied. That's right. Every single foul, foul in this game, <laughs> every foul in this game. Let's see. So eventually, yeah, five, we'll get... <laughs> 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 47 fouls. Some and, of those range from as simple as double dribbling to getting pulling a gun out. On, yeah, there's on a the lot court. of there's a lot of traveling. Mike uh, Bugs Bunny pulls out a scooter at one point. You know what's also interesting is Bugs Bunny does not score a single basket in the entire game. I didn't even think about that. But I know. You're right? No, he doesn't. Um, Pepe Le Pew scores one. Useless as shit. Yeah, absolutely. I will say one of the uh, genuine laughs I got was when the little mouse gets called in and he's like, "Oh, he's got the little like hat and shoes on." <laughs> I don't know why that always got me. Um, it's impo- it's impossible and 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 pointless to go through the next like half hour of this movie point by point because it's just it's just one I mean, long it's just a basketball of- game. It's really goofy. Yeah. Like Once they get to the halftime is when like some sort of actual plot develops or or at least moves forward because Michael introduces them to steroids. Yes, no, and that's a note that I have to this movie promotes steroids because Michael's secret stuff, it's what it's called. Secret stuff. And it turns out to just be water or something, but essentially the Looney Tunes get all hyped up because they find out that Michael Jordan has like this secret formula that you drink it and it makes you stronger and it makes you better at basketball. Steroids, kids. Yeah, he's using some backdoor goddamn psychological trickery <laughs> to fool these tunes into thinking that they're ripped basketball players. So, <laughs> again, there's really no point in just going back and forth through this whole sequence, but they're playing basketball. There's a lot of like violence in it. Um, at one point, they pull out a gun and make like a Pulp Fiction reference. Reference. Yeah. And which who was that for? <laughs> I guess the parents who were in the but the, the kids certainly. And that was two years after the movie got made, so yeah. I don't even under I, whatever. There was also this scene where, um, <laughs> and I think it's funny. Um, they they 
paint one of the characters ass red, one of the monsters ass red, and like the bull sees it, yep. charges him, hits him, and they're like, oh, they make it like a butt joke or something yep. like that. And it just flashes over to Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan just like smiles like... <laughs> And like that's it. That's yeah. end of end of that shot. <laughs> Makes no sense. So stupid. I was like, like, how can you imagine filming that? All right, let's get a close up on Michael. So you're laughing after the bull just hit his butt. <laughs> just do a smite little smile. Get that little caterpillar mustache. And knowing Michael Jordan, it was probably a all right, man. And yeah, then exactly. just like they're like, all right, three, two, one. <laughs> or like we'll use it. <laughs> or like someone like more even more realistically they were shooting like a behind the scenes thing and someone made an inappropriate joke to Michael Jordan and they were like put the smile in yep. there. Like, and, yeah. and because it was all green screen anyway they had to cut around it. It was actually a huge, honestly a lot a large chunk of that change went to the, get that pickup shot. <laughs> but the, so the first half of the the game is com- is completely dominated by the monsters. Mm-hmm. The second half is when the Looney Tunes start to use that like weird cartoon logic that somehow happens in this world by winning. So they start using their acme tools and weapons and all that bullshit to start gaining some points they start closing the gap in the second half and uh danny devito's character who's only had one scene really before this yeah again topped build danny devito had one scene that he was in and then just like a couple one-liners and now like this is where he actually gets to talk a little bit he calls a timeout he starts yelling at his team why didn't you get that guy's talent and he's like you want a piece of me come get it very great 90s trash talk um so they make a bet where they say, you know, if we win, you give the NBA players their talent back. And the, the wager for Michael Jordan, if Michael Jordan loses, is that Michael Jordan will go be a slave on Moron Mountain, like chaining Michael Jordan up so he can play basketball at an amusement park. It's so messed up. Um, <laughs> but, but just the underlying notion well, just of it the, all. The idea that Michael Jordan, who really like, yes, it's terrible if the Looney Tunes lose, lose this game and they have to go work at Moron Mountain, but Michael Jordan has, like, a career. He has a family. He has no stake in this game other than to just help his friends, and he makes the wager that, like, he will give up his life. <laughs> like, yeah, I got three kids and a wife and, like, a family to feed and a nanny, but you know what? Yeah, if I, if you win, like, I'll come play for you. Like, Not only that, ridiculous. Swackhammer doesn't know who Michael Jordan is. Not a clue. Not, so I'm assuming the aliens don't, so who gives a shit that this guy comes and they can play basketball good against him? Right. Why would they, why would any aliens, because the humans have never heard of Moron Mountain, why would any alien, like, come to that amusement park, look at it and be like, oh, that's Michael Jordan. Like, yeah, for yeah. sure. I'd love to that's play against nonsense. him and win. That's, yeah, absolute nonsense. Yeah. But, again, doesn't really matter. So, no. Michael Jordan, oh, before this, though, before they make that little bet, there's a scene where one of the aliens, the orange alien, gets his shorts ripped off and his ass jiggles. Oh, maybe that was the one where Michael Jordan smiles at that. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but there's I think a pimple it on it and it jiggles like there's a oh, solid yeah. jiggle to that. Ass. Yeah, it was like very explicit. And I remember even thinking that as a kid, I was like, whoa, like that's just like very blatant. Yeah. Here's another shocking bit of uh, trivia here. This Uh-oh. is the first animated film to have been edited for content for TV ratings. Really? I don't know if that ass jiggle got taken out, if that was one I'm of the sure drawing lines. I'm sure that's what it but... was. And also the masturbation joke. Yeah, you can't have a jerk-off trench coat in a kid's movie, dude. No, you couldn't have done that on in the 90s, but... God, you came so prepared. You came with like trivia and everything. I, I came tried, with like dude. this note, and I'm like, yeah, I got a beer. Like, you want like, um, so Michael Jordan, uh, the last couple seconds of the game, he stretches his arm across the entire court to score the final winning point. 
Um, and waste of time because he was taking a three point or he was taking a two point shot and then he was fouled like intentionally. So he would have had two buckets. He would have had two free throws, probably an easier shot to make, but whatever. (laughs) I hate you so much. (laughs) Yeah, fair (laughs) enough. So he wins. And then again, not only are people unfazed by meeting cartoon characters that are, you know, beloved American pop culture icons (laughs) that have come to life because they've recognized the Looney Tunes. That would be like us in our world meeting a goddamn like meeting spongebob and blow your goddamn mind right yeah yeah but anyway he finishes the game and then he arrives at his baseball game in a fucking spaceship in the same spaceship that flew over that game the other day and and not a single person raises a camera not a single person no one panics or runs away and by the way they held up that game, that baseball game, so Michael Jordan could come play. That would never happen. They'd be like, oh, Michael Jordan show up. Well, he's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, like, yeah. Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> it was just so, yeah. Oh, man. Poor Wayne And Knight, then we man. get I Believe I Can Fly again. So his yep. plan is he walks out, tips his hat. Yep, tips his hat. Um, and then I can't remember what happens after that. Uh, Bill Murray, who also played in the game, by the way, in that last uh, we mentioned that earlier, played in like the last play of the game. Oh, that's he's right. There. Yes, he's there. Oh, oh, what happens is Michael Jordan just decides to go back to playing basketball, uh, basketball, yeah. which is you know <laughs> their way of being like, yeah, Michael Jordan like gave up playing baseball because the Looney Tunes taught him about loving basketball again, and it's like, no, Michael Jordan just really like wasn't that good at baseball and he wanted to be better at basketball <laughs> but, <laughs> so he also returns and you know gives all the players their talent back and they get a chance yep. to act you know circles around each other by the way we <sighs> also neglected to talk about that quick little scene where the uh, players are like living life without their talent and it's like basketball Jones basketball playing in the background yeah and, and that's Charles, Charles Barkley's one is, like looking at these girls playing basketball and they like <laughs> talk shit and like pretty much to treat them like a nerd and like yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just like, I cannot play. <laughs> be gone. Yep, be gone. be gone. That's right, dude. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, they're, and oh, in that scene, too, um, they make a joke about, I can't remember which player, I think it was Patrick Ewing, um, about Patrick Ewing not being able to get it up. They make a joke about Shit, that. Dude. Yeah. So it's it's very... Could be one of the other times it was edited for TV, man. That's entirely possible. I mean, it was. I remember as a kid that being like the most, <laughs> the most boring scene. Um, <laughs> I, think with the, I just like the basketball Jones song, but I didn't care about that. I just want to see Daffy Duck again. It's, and that's Space Jam. That's Space Jam. God, letting it wash over you though. There's not. It's shockingly bare. It's a shockingly yeah. loose movie with with not a lot of plot or structure. And it didn't really strike me until watching it just this last time how lazy this this movie is. Well, and that's what we were talking about before we got into this was that it was just lazy. It was so clearly a cash grab. It just it was so like all right, it, Michael Jordan must have only spent like four days working on this film. Like honestly, he must have t- took no time making this film. And it it just it feels it feels cheap as an adult. I could see where when I was a kid and I really liked watching this movie and I had a good time because I liked Michael Jordan. I liked the Looney Tunes basketball. I wasn't playing basketball, but like I, you know, it was sports to me and I got it. Yeah. Um. And so I could just see being as a kid and I could see a kid even today liking this movie. But as an adult or even maybe probably as a teenager when I saw it, it, it just it strikes you that this movie was just so clearly just like, we're going to make a ton of money off it. And they did. 
Now, did you see Looney Tunes back in action? I think that was 2004. I did see Looney Tunes. Fraser, Brendan Fraser, Jenna yeah. Elfman, and Steve Martin. I can't remember that movie at all. I have seen it. And I, remember I do Vegas remember that movie, and, like, and I remember... Now that I think about that movie, it was just so there was so much more production put into it. There was a lot of time put into it. The plot, while also nonsensical and clearly for children, was more thought out. You know, I don't think it's just like them like trying to profit off the Looney Tunes. It's them trying to profit off the fact that Michael Jordan was the most famous person in the world yeah. at that time, and. They saw an opportunity to make some money off it, clearly from those Nike commercials, which I never knew. So it, it, it's it you know it feels a little cheapened watching it now, knowing that it's just like, dude, this was such like them just trying to make a quick dollar. Yeah, you know, for it being a bad movie, I I gotta say when we watched it, I still had fun. Like I still in like. You know, I wouldn't say I enjoyed the movie that much, but it, it was still just being like... I would say I was not bored, and I wouldn't yes. say that I was entertained, but my, my, my attention was was carried. I, I was captured, mm-hmm. I guess, for the for the ADA. It, it's, it, it moves. It's not a, yeah. a slow movie. Like I said, the, the plot kicks in fairly quickly once they get to the game. Trying to put yourself in the, you know, the, the seats of 1996 moviegoers, this was a huge kind of technical achievement as well at the time yeah. because merging live action with cartoon effects had been done before and better in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Right. But this movie, I think, made it more accessible. A lot more movies started doing this after this movie. Well, you, they interact so much. like, And, you know, they do that a lot in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, too. But Michael Jordan playing basketball with cartoons, like, back in 96, that must have been mind-boggling. Yeah crazy you, like most of the reviews i read all of them were talking about how it was such a huge you know technical marvel and that it you know it, it, it pleases kids and it, and it does and i think it does to this yeah. day or, or it could so so the question bears asking one more time then i don't think the nba has ever been as big as it is today i think the stars are bigger there's more stars the quality of play is great um but besides that point i think if you were to make a space jam 2 with LeBron James and then throw in Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, um, basically anybody on the Golden State Warriors, all these different players around the league, I think you have a home run in terms of box office success. Box office success, yeah. I I would almost like them to like to see them go a stranger route with it, almost more like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit where you're able mm-hmm. to take so many of these properties and put them in because I feel like the Looney Tunes, one, just hasn't had a lot of you know, fan support over the last 10, 15 years that they, you know, they still do the reruns and right. yeah, I'm sure there are revival shows every once in a while, but it's not. Yeah. There have been some revival shows I've cause I've seen them pop up a couple of times, but none of them are really successful. So I wonder if they might work better in conjunction with some other property. If you get some of those, you know, what's popular now. And I think right. that's, what's going to have to happen because while Looney Tunes wasn't in its prime heyday in 96, it, they were still popular. I guess a sequel would be, <laughs> I think fiscally a good idea, but there's no point in making a Space Jam 2 in terms of a movie fan. Why? No. Like, who cares? So, and again, a lot of people are going to argue, you know, the movie's for kids. you got to look at it from that perspective. Right. But when we live in the, I think, the golden age of, of animated films, for the most part right now, we're getting, you know, fantastic films with such store, such development and, and characters that, yeah. are, you know, you can't just pass that off as, oh, it's just a kid's movie. I don't think that that holds any weight anymore. Because the movies that are coming out that are made for kids are enjoyable to adults. Well, and that's, I think that's a lot of the argument that people had with 
Star Wars, the new Star Wars movie, too, because a lot of people who didn't like the new Star Wars movie were met with the argument like Star Wars was never really meant for adults. And it's like, well, you know, the fan base has grown up. And that's something that I think if you're making a Space Jam, too, you've got to look at that these young kids won't really care that it's a sequel to Space Jam. You have to develop it for an older audience like us. That's the thing. Space Jam 2 would work on two levels where it's introducing it to a whole new generation of kids. Mm-hmm. And plus you've got all those 90 kid, 90s kids who now have their kids who are going to take their kids to a movie that both of them could enjoy. Which and, is exactly what they did with The Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. They, they've been doing that. I mean, they just did it with the Teenage Mutant. They, they do that with true. now these, sh- these movies that came out 20 years ago that they've got this whole new audience to introduce it to. Yeah. So it just kind of seems like that would be where the trend is going. But who knows? We're not the ones to decide whether or not. So thirty Space Jam two is happening. Yeah, exactly. So thirty seven percent, Zach. Do you think that's uh, an appropriate score for this movie? What do you think? You know what? I do. We mentioned that it's for kids. As a kid, I would have said a lot higher. But as someone who's objectively looking at the movie, it's about right where it needs to be. I you got to give it up for the soundtrack. Obviously, the soundtrack is great, and the visual effects for its time. While they may not impress us as much now, for its time was pretty astounding. So I think 37 is probably right around where I would give it maybe a 40, but yep, that's what I'm thinking. Rounded back 40, up to 45, 40. something like that. That's what yeah. I, I'd, I'd give it. And again, if I were to look at this movie, never had having never seen it. I think my score would be lower, but even yeah. with that, that, that tinge of nostalgia, that, that, that feeling that it, it does, it reminds me of when I watched it as a kid, I can't get that out of my head. It's not a great movie, but like, <laughs> it really is not. But you know what? Um, show it to my kid. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And I'm sure a kid today who's never seen it would like it. Yeah. yeah. Again, I think it's so broad that it will really appeal to any kid's generation, no matter who you're introducing it to. A few more little tidbits, though, before sure, we close yeah. this episode out. Uh, if anyone's got a little extra time on their hands, you should Google the original website for Space Jam because still it is up. still up and running still in the exact same up. configuration that it was. And it's a really cool little time capsule of it's what true. we were treated to back yeah, in the this 90s. This is what the Internet used to look like. I encourage younger people who don't remember when there was no Internet <laughs> to go look up the Space Jam website. That's what we used to do every day yeah now just also picture that thing taking 15 minutes to load up and you couldn't call anyone and that was exciting that was fun dude that website was like oh this is so cool come on and jam (laughs) dude and this is also uh to keep in order to keep michael jordan happy while filming Warner Brothers built him his own basketball court. <laughs> that doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all. That, that, that does of course not, not. Yeah, That's probably where they got those shots of him just practicing. They just like go in there, a second unit, go in there and grab some yeah. shots of him doing the shit because he won't let us in early. I mean, he was in between seasons. Like, so that's, you know, probably everything was filmed on his own personal court. <laughs> they probably just filmed everything. They're like, all right, just set, like, please just set up the set up the green screen. We'll just we'll film it in here. So before we go, there's also one little uh, user review that I found that I thought was a, a little interesting that I thought I'd read here. Yeah, okay? absolutely. It's titled, Lola Bunny is a Fox. I give this movie a 10, not because it's a great or because it's a fantastic children's movie or anything like that. I give this movie a 10 because somehow it manages to entrance me whenever it's on. Oh, <sighs> God. Whether it's the opening shot of Young Michael or the first line of Danny DeVito, something about this movie just pulls me in. I also give this movie a 10 because Lola Bunny is a fox. That voice, 
No wonder Bugs is so hooked. But seriously now, this movie is simple and ridiculous. It's fun to see Michael Jordan's arm stretching like mad. Bill Murray's always entertaining. Larry Bird's not white. He's clear or something like that. He's also he's throwing out fucking dialogue from the movie now. Yeah, no, I, oh, I hear it. <laughs> and you get to check out a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> not to mention the soundtrack, Space Jam, one of the most painful theme songs to date, Fly Like an Eagle foreshadowing, and of course the somehow wholesome R. Kelly hit, I Believe I Can Fly. I have only one question. Where the damn sequel at? All right. Well... <laughs> Zach, what can you tell us about next week's episode if you f- folks want to continue with this goddamn yeah. sinking ship? If we, have, <laughs> if we haven't chased you away with our freaking nonsense. Um, so we were thinking next week we're going to do Independence Day, which, uh, you know, Independence Day Resurgence just came out. And I actually just saw that movie for like the first time. The How other terrible day. is it? Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, but, I, yeah, I skipped but it. But that made me think. Was Independence Day good? Because I certainly remember liking Independence Day um, when I first saw it, but I haven't seen it in years. Dude, I haven't seen... Honestly, I used to watch that almost every Independence Day. It was a goddamn American tradition in my home. Makes sense. Uh, Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman. Dude, that's a cast of American treasures right there. It's true. So I think that's going to be our our episode next week. We're going to do Independence Day. We're going to tell you uh, whether or not that was a good movie, whether or not we liked it, what was weird about it, what was good about it, and uh, should they have bothered with Independence Day resurgence and what is clearly going to be a third Independence Day. I don't know, man. It didn't make enough money to, to warrant the sequel, but we'll see, dude. That's true. That we'll doesn't see. seem to matter really in Hollywood anymore. But that's the direction we're going, and we hope you like this. We know it was a little long, but uh, we have fun doing this. We hope you have fun listening to us. Um, so check us out. If you have any suggestions about what movies maybe we should start looking at, feel free to message either Brandon or myself. Um, we'll be setting up an email and maybe a Twitter account coming up here soon so that it'll be a little streamlined and we'll be able to shoot that out at the end of every episode. And honestly, we need to figure out where we're posting it anyway. So when we figure that out, whether you heard this, you know, on an old timey radio or you opened a message in a bottle, right? Right. <laughs> message in a good old message in a bottle podcasting. Dot W-A-V. Anyway. Maybe that'll be the, maybe we'll just rename the show message in a bottle. <laughs> Makes sense. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. And uh, we hope to hear from you. Thank you, everybody. Go on and slam. And welcome to the jam. <laughs>